part three of somewhere in france by richard harding davis this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by caroline part three and to rid herself of thierry and on the fourth floor seek en was now her only wish but in attempting this by the return of the adjutant she was delayed to thierry the adjutant gave a sealed envelope thirty-one boulevard des invalides he said with a smile he turned to marie and you will accompany him i exclaimed marie she was sick with sudden terror but the tolerant smile of the adjutant reassured her the count your husband he explained has learned of your detention here by the enemy and he has besieged the general staff to have you conveyed safely to paris the adjutant glanced at a field telegram he held open in his hand he asks he continued that you be permitted to return in the car of his friend captain thierry and that on arriving you join him at the grand hotel thierry exclaimed with delight but how charming he cried to-night you must both dine with me at la russe he saluted his superior officer some petrol sir he said and i am ready to marie he added the car will be at the steps in five minutes he turned and left them the thoughts of marie snatching at an excuse for delay raced madly the danger of meeting the count d'auriac her supposed husband did not alarm her the grand hotel has many exits and even before they reached it for leaving the car she could invent an excuse that the gallant thierry would not suspect but what now concerned her was how before she was whisked away to paris she could convey to Alfossi the information she had gathered from thierry first of a woman overcome with delight at being reunited with her husband she gave an excellent imitation then she exclaimed in distress but my aunt madame benet she cried i cannot leave her the sisters of st francis said the adjutant arrive within an hour to nurse the wounded they will care also for your aunt marie concealed her chagrin then i will at once prepare to go she said the adjutant handed her a slip of paper you laissez passer to paris he said you leave in five minutes madame as temporary hostess of the chateau marie was free to visit any part of it and as she passed her door a signal from madame benet told her that anfossi was on the fourth floor that he was at work and that the coast was clear softly in the felt slippers she always wore as she explained in order not to disturb the wounded she mounted the staircase in her hand she carried the housekeeper's keys and as an excuse it was her plan to return with an armful of linen for the arriving sisters but marie never reached the top of the stairs when her eyes rose to the level of the fourth floor she came to a sudden halt at what she saw 
terror gripped her bound her hand and foot and turned her blood to ice at her post for an instant madame benet had slept and an officer of the staff led by curiosity chance or suspicion had unobserved and unannounced mounted to the fourth floor when marie saw him he was in front of the room that held the wireless his back was toward her but she saw that he was holding the door to the room ajar that his eye was pressed to the opening and that through it he had pushed the muzzle of his automatic what would be the fate of Enfossi, marie knew nor did she for an instant consider it her thoughts were of her own safety that she might live not that she might still serve the wilhelmstrasse the kaiser or the fatherland but that she might live in a moment Enfossi would be denounced the chateau would ring with the alarm and though she knew Enfossi would not betray her by others she might be accused to avert suspicion from herself she saw only one way open she must be the first to denounce Enfossi. like a deer she leapt down the marble stairs and in a panic she had no need to assume burst into the presence of the staff gentlemen she gasped my servant the chauffeur briand is a spy there is a german wireless in the chateau he is using it i have seen him with exclamations the officers rose to their feet general andre alone remained seated general andre was a veteran of many colonial wars cochin china algiers morocco the great war when it came found him on duty in the intelligence department his aquiline nose bristling white eyebrows and flashing restless eyes gave him his nickname of lel in amazement the flashing eyes were now turned upon marie he glared at her as though he thought she suddenly had flown mad a german wireless he protested it is impossible i was on the fourth floor panted marie collecting linen for the sisters in the room next to the linen closet i heard a strange buzzing sound i opened the door softly i saw briand with his back to me seated by an instrument there were receivers clamped to his ears my god the disgrace the disgrace to my husband and to me who vouched for him to you apparently in an agony of remorse the fingers of the woman laced and interlaced i cannot forgive myself the officers moved towards the door but general andre halted them still in a tone of incredulity he demanded when did you see this marie knew the question was coming knew she must explain how she saw briand and yet did not see the staff officer who with his prisoner might now at any instant appear she must make it plain that she had discovered the spy and left the upper part of the house before the officer had visited it when that was she could not know but the chance was that he had preceded her by only a few minutes 
when did you see this repeated the general but just now cried marie not ten minutes since why did you not come to me at once i was afraid replied marie if i moved i was afraid he might hear me and he knowing i would expose him would kill me and so escape you there was an eager whisper of approval for silence general andre slapped his hand upon the table then continued marie i understood with the receivers on his ears he could not have heard me open the door nor could he hear me leave and i ran to my aunt the thought that we had harboured such an animal sickened me and i was weak enough to feel faint but only for an instant then i came here she moved swiftly to the door let me show you the room she begged you can take him in the act her eyes wild with the excitement of the chase swept the circle will you come she begged unconscious of the crisis he interrupted the orderly on duty opened the door captain thierry's compliments he recited mechanically and is he to delay longer for madame d'auriac with a sharp gesture general andre waved marie toward the door without rising he inclined his head adieu madame he said we act at once upon your information i thank you as she crossed from the hall to the terrace the ears of the spy were assaulted by a sudden tumult of voices they were raised in threats and curses looking back she saw enfossi descending the stairs his hands were held above his head behind him with his automatic the staff officer she had surprised on the fourth floor was driving him forward above the clinched fists of the soldiers that ran to meet him the eyes of enfossi were turned toward her his face was expressionless his eyes neither accused nor reproached and with the joy of one who has looked upon and then escaped the guillotine marie ran down the steps to the waiting automobile with a pretty cry of pleasure she leapt into the seat beside thierry gaily she threw out her arms to paris she commanded the handsome eyes of thierry eloquent with admiration looked back into hers he stopped threw in the clutch and the great grey car with the machine-gun and its crew of privates guarding the rear plunged through the park to paris echoed thierry in the order in which marie had last seen them enfossi and the staff officer entered the room of general andre and upon the soldiers in the hall the door was shut the face of the staff officer was grave but his voice could not conceal his elation my general he reported i found this man in the act of giving information to the enemy there is a wireless general andre rose slowly he looked neither at the officer nor at his prisoner with frowning eyes he stared down at the maps upon his table 
i know he interrupted someone has already told me he paused and then as though recalling his manners but still without raising his eyes he added you have done well sir in silence the officers of the staff stood motionless with surprise they noted that as yet neither in anger nor curiosity had general andre glanced at the prisoner but of the presence of the general the spy was most acutely conscious he stood erect his arms still raised but his body strained forward and on the averted eyes of the general his own were fixed in an agony of supplication they asked a question at last as though against his wish toward the spy the general turned his head and their eyes met and still general andre was silent then the arms of the spy like those of a runner who has finished his race and beats the tape exhausted fell to his sides in a voice low and vibrant he spoke his question it has been so long sir he pleaded may i not come home general andre turned to the astonished group surrounding him his voice was hushed like that of one who speaks across an open grave gentlemen he began my children he added a german spy a woman involved in a scandal your brother-in-arms henri ravignac his honour he thought was concerned and without honour he refused to live to prove him guiltless his younger brother charles asked leave to seek out the woman who had betrayed henri and by us was detailed on secret service he gave up home family friends he lived in exile in poverty at all times in danger of a swift and ignoble death in the war office we know him as one who has given to his country services she cannot hope to reward for she cannot return to him the years he has lost she cannot return to him his brother but she can and will clear the name of henri ravignac and upon his brother charles bestow promotion and honours the general turned and embraced the spy my children he said welcome your brother he has come home before the car had reached the fortifications marie gessler had arranged her plan of escape she had departed from the chateau without even a handbag and she would say that before the shops closed she must make purchases les printemps lay in their way and she asked that when they reached it for a moment she might alight captain thierry readily gave permission from the department store it would be most easy to disappear and in anticipation marie smiled covertly nor was the picture of captain thierry impatiently waiting outside unamusing but before le printemps was approached the car turned sharply down a narrow street on one side along its entire length ran a high grey wall grim and forbidding 
in it was a green gate studded with iron bolts before this the automobile drew suddenly to a halt the crew of the armored car tumbled off the rear seat and one of them beat upon the green gate marie felt a hand of ice clutch at her throat but she controlled herself and what is this she cried gaily at her side captain thierry was smiling down at her but his smile was hateful it is the prison of st lazare he said it is not becoming he added sternly that the name of the comtesse d'auriac should be made common as the paris road fighting for her life marie thrust herself against him her arms that throughout the journey had rested on the back of the driving seat caressed his shoulders her lips and the violet eyes were close to his why should you care she whispered fiercely you have me let the count d'auriac look after the honour of his wife himself the charming thierry laughed at her mockingly he means to he said i am the count d'auriac end of part three end of somewhere in france by richard harding davis recorded by caroline in groningen in the netherlands in may two thousand and sixteen thank you for listening